Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? They're there. There, talk to them. Good. Can I? Yeah. I would love you to. Can I really? You know how I feel. Can I swear? I'm, I'm, absolutely. Ask your friends over here. All right. Fuck you. The Rogue of Wrestling, Michael Newman. Braun Strowman just pins him and says, Chapter 5. <laughs> oh, man, that Big E would have come out and be like, What the fuck, man? <laughs> Steal my five-pound gimmick? Chapter 10. And then Tyler Dillinger's like, What the fuck, bro? Steal my gimmick? <laughs> and the New Jersey kid, Joe Sheehan. <laughs> All right, count to fucking, like, 11. Does anyone have a problem? Does anybody have a problem with 11? <laughs> and that's my number. Because I can't count higher than that. <laughs> okay, I think we're done. <laughs> uh, awesome. You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another exciting edition of the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast, brought to you by the New Jersey Kid, Joe Sheehan, and his tag team partner, the Rogue of Wrestling, Mr. Michael Newman. How you doing, Newman? Dude, I am. Uh, I'm excited. This is this is a very weird week of wrestling, but uh, we got the promo of, uh, of the, the year, year, probably, <laughs> of any promotion. This this has got to be the most uh, fourth wall breaking promo since CM Punk's pipe bomb, right? Yeah, but it, I it did it in a way that wasn't as obviously fourth wall wall breaking, right? I thought this was way more obvious. I thought Punk really? had way more. Tech. Oh, this will Dude, be an interesting. Like, CM, like Cena just like basically looked right at the camera and was basically just like, "Yeah, like we're doing this. Yeah, go ahead, come on, cut a promo." He even I think mentioned the fourth. Oh, wall I guess too. he says like, "Yeah, we're shattering the fourth wall." Well, so did Punk. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's true. He yeah he did wait at the camera <laughs> and said hi, Cabana. That's that's true. But that's yeah, I don't know. He, he looked. <laughs> They looked at the camera, waved a high coke command, and then went, so much for the fourth wall, I think, or something like that. <laughs> I, don't, I thought Cena was real, because he, he like, even said shit like, you know, you took the U.S. title and saw it as a demotion. Like, he, he said a lot of shit, and, like, Reigns was saying things like, oh, what, all you guys want him to, like, you know, become a bad guy? And mm-hmm. Cena saying, like, what, you guys want me to do a heel turn? And not even the cutesy way that he did it a couple of years ago, where he did, like, he was actually turning his heel. Heel? <laughs> Like, he just straight up was like, yeah, you guys want me to do a heel turn? And it was just like, uh, uh, <laughs> is this happening right now? Uh, yeah, it was basically like a promo that these two guys sat down and, well, say Cena sat down and thought of everything that people will say about him and Reigns. Mm-hmm. And then Reigns had a writer sit down <laughs> and help him come up with it. <laughs> This is, you know, what's more fucking embarrassing because I, from what I heard, this was like scripted. Well, yeah, on on Reigns' part, definitely you could tell because he had the he had the screw up at one point. He forgot what he's gonna say, and Cena. I mean, no one can ever fault him for his promo ability. I will fault him for how he does promos at certain points, but his ability to uh, catch people off guard and things like that has been very impressive. Oh yeah, dude. Cena is fucking great. Like, like he he, he, he got the rock. <laughs> yeah. Dude, all right. So I I was thinking about like what Reigns' response should have been because I thought there like one there were only one or two good little nuggets of what he said. I think one of them was coming towards the end when he had kind of like 
stopped going for the whole route that everybody else had gone of like the whole like oh well you suck john cena and yeah. he instead do the whole like uh like why would i ever want to be john cena when i could be roman reigns like mm-hmm. that that line i thought was okay like he was going in a good direction there and if he had started somewhere a lot better then i think it could have ended there and it would have been better like if he had i don't know just been more confident of like maybe i think just shrugging off a lot of cena shit instead yeah and I like I think so. If you want to be really simple, I think what he should have done is said that's like, look, you know, it's like, hey, I maybe not even say, look, just it's like, I retired the Undertaker at WrestleMania. What makes you think I won't retire you, John? Like, yeah, he didn't boom. even like turn it on him. He just said like, I retired the Undertaker, and mm-hmm. it was kind of like that, oh, what do you do kind of a thing reaction, right? Because mm-hmm. you're you're not doing anything with it. Yeah, because like I, I think it would have been like better to play further into his strengths because his strength is like that promo was way too long for him, dude. He needs to be mm-hmm. brooding, dark, very, very short in his promos. And you know, if he had come out and just said it, like keep it very simple, of, like uh, because like Cena style, uh, Cena signed the contract immediately. Yes, and then turned it over to Reigns. If Reigns had come out, you know, Cena was saying all his shit, and then Reigns just kind of like did that little sort of chuckle, looked at him like he's just not even breaking his sweat, and it's like. John, you can make all the jokes you want. You can say all the shit you want. You can, you know, call out my ability to, you know, entertain people with a promo, but that shit doesn't matter when it comes to the match. And it's no mercy. You know, I showed no mercy to the Undertaker at WrestleMania. He's gone. You're next. And then just turns the contract, signs it, and it's like, that's it. You know, just yeah. like you're you're screwed. Like you already signed it, I signed it, you're dead at no mercy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And just walked out, being like, I have nothing more to say to you. Like, Yeah, don't give Cena a chance to respond. Yeah, just then fucking turn his back on him and walk away. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, th- that w- I think that would have played to his strengths a lot. But I think if you wanted to go a little bit deeper, because th- clearly they wanted him to do this whole, like, oh, we want you to go back and forth with Cena and be this mic master. <laughs> which is not. One, which is not going to happen, guys. <laughs> or at least not for a while. He needs to get way more comfortable. A direction I think they could have gone uh, would have been like, you know, if he, um, I'm trying to, where was the whole part where it could have started? Because like Cena was basically saying to him that like, you know, I do better part-time what you could ever do full-time. Yes, sort that, of thing that like was that. exactly what he said. And about how it's like, you know, you're the bootleg, the corporate-made clone. Oh, okay. Maybe that was part of it. It was like the you're, corporate-made you're the clone. Corpor- yeah, the corporate-made clone of John Cena. So I think the way it could have started is like Reigns could say something along the lines of like, okay, look, you want to get real, John? The truth behind your career, the truth behind all of your quote-unquote success in this company is that after Stone Cold left, after The Rock left, after Brock Lesnar left, big old Vince McMahon was trying to find some place, and when he's saying this, like start grabbing at his crotch, some place to put his silver spoon. And he saw bright-eyed John Cena and opened up his mouth and stuck it right in there. And that's where it's been since 2004, where you, as the top guy, has driven this company down into one of the worst declines it's ever seen, where people used to pay $60 a month to watch one pay-per-view event. Now people barely pay 10 to watch way more than that. Good job, John. You brought the company into one of the worst declines of all time. And the only reason that you were on top is because, you know, Vince McMahon chose you. And now that you finally, finally, after all these years of trying to break into Hollywood, doing all those terrible shit movies, 
terrible shit TV appearances. Now that you finally found your shtick, which has basically been the real truth of what you've always been good at, which is just making yourself look like a jackass on camera, you're finally getting that little bit of a paycheck from Hollywood. And oh, hey, where's John? Where's he going? He's a part-timer now. How long until we can't see him at all and he's a no-timer? You have no loyalty, John. Loyalty only counts when it's actually tested. You only stayed in WWE when you had nowhere else to go. Now that you finally have somewhere else to go, your head right out the door. Mic drop. Do, do we have to do the rest of the podcast? Because I don't know how you continue from that. There we go. That was perfect. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been a lot better than Reigns's? You're a fake ass bitch. Yeah. God damn it, Reigns. Like the he he could have thrown in something about Cena making fun of the Rock for being a part timer, and mm-hmm. also thrown in the fact that we now have the information from Bruce Pinchers podcast that Cena was actually almost fired multiple times before he became the guy. Oh shit. Mm hmm. Uh, if he hadn't caught on with the rapping gimmick, he would have been fired from the WWE because nothing was working on him. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because like what they were trying before that was like the prototype and shit. He started out as the prototype, then he just started doing something else. I forget they tried something else with him, but then it was the rapping gimmick that, and it was Bruce that actually discovered that. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think he said it was like. They were walking down a hallway and happened to catch Vince McMahon. And just on a dime, Bruce was like, rapped to him. And so Cena rapped about like Vince and made fun of his like toupee or something like that. Mm. <laughs> and like Vince laughed and was like, I love it. We're doing it. <laughs> Which, all right. So this brings me to a little conspiracy theory of mine that I want to run by you. Mm. I think that uh, the Lance Catamaran character that John Cena does on Southpaw Regional Wrestling. Yeah. Is secretly, at least in part, his impression of Vince McMahon. Oh, yeah. Is that an announcer? Yeah. Or, no, no, no. I'm sorry. That's his impression of Vince McMahon, I think, in backstage. Yeah. Just like, a, what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> like, <I'm... laughs> yeah, it's like, I, I wonder, like, what aspect of that is that he's parodying of Vince McMahon. Oh, I think... Just... I... I think you're on with that. I, I hadn't thought about it that way, but you think you're right. Because, like, especially the blow-up at the end of the first season, mm-hmm. when, like, they realize that it's not a leap year, and so they yeah. have the date wrong, and he just starts flipping out. Like, I imagine that was based off of a Vince McMahon flip-out. Yeah, and how he's, he's always trying to spin things and say things always a particular way, and he, like, he's always very conscious of what's on the camera, mm-hmm. like, very much in the way I think Vince would. The, the reason I first thought this was actually just the, the actual name itself. Like Lance Catamaran, Vince McMahon. It has a very mm. similar cadence to it. And I was like, huh. And then just like his dress too. Like, you know, he's got that one suit that is very kind of similar to like the old school Vince McMahon suit. He's got the toupee. Yeah. So I was like, I wonder if this is supposed to be like a Vince McMahon thing. <laughs> That's interesting. Maybe not. But I think it is. I'm sticking with my conspiracy. I like your conspiracy. <laughs> Um, do you like it as much of whatever conspiracy is going on with, uh, the fashion police? Cause I don't know where the fuck this is supposed to go. I, I assume at this point, maybe authors of pain debut, but this, oh, this the, has felt like the, so much. It's like dragging the, around and dragging the, around and yeah. Like I, 
they should have planned this better right just, it's like why like why is this not broken up like sometimes with matches like because if even if there was going to be the little side plot there with the ascension could shouldn't that have like maybe led to a few matches with the ascension or something but no it just led to like a vignette and then that was it like, don't get me wrong. I fucking love the Fashion Police segments. I really like them. But I would just oh, like now they, they have were... credits and everything. Yeah, it's like, but <laughs> actually, that was kind of funny. It was like, wow, they actually have had enough of this shit to make a good credit reel. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, if it's not building to a match, it's like, shouldn't it be building to a match or something? Obviously, it should be. Yeah. But it, then I feel like, um. I don't know. I feel like the 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 attack that happened on them mm-hmm. should have happened around now. Because if you're gonna bring up the author mm-hmm. as a pain, like what did they come up to the main roster months ago now at this point or a month ago, whatever it was, and then now they're actually debuting? I don't know. Maybe maybe like Paul Ellering could have like uh, done some other things. Like I don't know, like sent some other people up there to do their work. Yeah, who knows. I, I don't know. I guess we'll see where it goes, but I mean, I I just I like it. I just want them to because if they just keep doing these segments, I don't know how long they can just go for this. I mean, I think it's still more entertaining than most things on WWE TV. So I think they have a little bit of legroom there, but I think you're right. I think something has to happen soon to kind of break it out. True, because like I think if it if it goes too long and it's not really leading to any real matches or anything, then it's gonna kind of suffer in the same way that like New Day did for a long time of like them just kind of coming out and doing these promos. And while I still, for the most part, really liked it because I'm a big fucking New Day mark, mm-hmm. I know that like a larger portion of the crowd was starting to turn on it because they were like, "All right, come on, like we've seen this a lot." Yeah, you come like, out, you act ridiculous, and then nothing yeah. happens, kind of a you thing. Make, yeah, like, but you then guys when come they out, started you make some booty jokes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But then when they started turning that on an opponent, that's when they started mm-hmm. getting entertaining again. Yeah, and especially now with the fucking Usos, dude. Like, this feud has been awesome. Dude, the Usos are on fire. So what do you what do you think is the uh, stipulation going to be? Because the, the Usos won that match, so they get to pick the stipulation for the rematch. Um, I've got a theory, but I want to hear what your thoughts are right, first. Maybe like a false count anywhere? That could be. Definitely given their fucking like acrobatic proclivities for both teams. Yeah. Why? What were you thinking? I was thinking that it might be an extension of their fucking gimmick. Because they keep talking about the Usos penitentiary. Maybe it could be like an Usos penitentiary match or something. Well, is like for a, SmackDown... Like a tag team like uh, cage match of some kind. Well, isn't the next pay-per-view for SmackDown Hell in a Cell? Yes. You're right. So there you go. The, so they, the tag team they Hell in a Cell be... match. They could be one of the Hell in the Cell matches because obviously it's going to be the championship match, and then they usually do like two or three Hell in the Cell matches. Yeah, you know what? Like if if there was if there was a, na- a way for them to finagle one more Kevin Owens AJ Styles match, even though they fucking said there wouldn't be, that could be a, a Hell in a Cell. Yeah, I wonder sure. what they're going to do with Owens and Shane for Hell in a Cell. Because it's like I actually I heard a very compelling argument that I think makes a lot of sense, and I kind of want them to go for it now with mm-hmm. the culmination of a Hell in a Cell match, uh, would be the part of the reason that, like, Owens went and uh, put on the ref shirt this week yeah. was to, like, just keep, like, everything that he's doing is to try and poke holes in Shane McMahon's arguments. 
Yeah. So the reason that Shane McMahon said that like you can't challenge for Styles' title anymore is because you lost last week. And he was like, well, I lost for you coming in and counting the match, not Baron Corbin. And then he yeah. just did the same thing to Sami Zayn. So then now next, you know, this week he can come out and say, hey, look, you know, I just did what you did. So, you know, you need to come out and correct this and say, because like, because uh, when Shane McMahon came out, he reversed the ref's decision and said that Sami Zayn didn't lose. Yeah. So it's like, well, how can you reverse that decision and not the one where I lost because you just did what I did? Yeah. So then it could be like a fine. We'll do one fucking final match. And it'll be at Hell in a Cell because you can't get more final than that. Now, do you think, because everyone was predicting at first that this would go to Survivor Series and you would have Team Owens versus Team McMahon, do you see it going beyond Hell in a Cell, or do you see Hell in a Cell being the the culminative of this? I would hope that, like, I would hope that they would have the good sense, just because I like being able to have things be a little little separate, that this could be a way to put the final close all the way on AJ Styles and Kevin Owens, so that then after this, he can go do the thing with Shane where he's just still mad at him. And like, you know, through his own heel ill logic is trying to blame Shane for like why he isn't a champion and stuff. But mm-hmm. that can just be, then it's own separate entity and then he can be done with AJ Styles in the U S title. So, okay. So he used Hell in a Cell to finish off the Owens AJ story, then go on. Okay. Yeah. Just cause like, you know, it's like actually like at this point it's weird because it's like you know of course they're probably gonna put Nakamura and Jinder in the Hell in a Cell, which is like kind of unwarranted. Although I guess what, unless, hey, unless we could get to... we could get Randy and Jinder in Hell in a Cell. <laughs> no, <laughs> sorry, I tried to stay as serious as I could for this. Yeah, it's like well if you know what if he hadn't RKO'd uh, Shinsuke on uh, this week, then I could see maybe. I I enjoyed that RKO though. I did. I liked it. I liked it, but it was just one of those things where it's like, well, they're not going to do it two weeks in a row. Yeah. Like, the visual of, you know, well, you know what, although, maybe they would. I mean, I don't think they are, but. No, I, I think it's going to be Nakamura. I, it's th- be. We've already seen Orton and uh, Jinder in the Punjabi prison, so I think that's a little too similar to, like, a Hell in a Cell, so. Definitely. And, I mean, fucking, like, Nakamura's got to win this as fast as possible, right? This Jinder Mahal experiment has just been fucking poop oh yeah yeah yeah. this is bad i would like to see we have gotten no statistics from is gender being champion helping in india at all or i haven't heard anything about that so i haven't really heard very much i'd be very interested to see because uh there's a one show that i listen to from time to time called wrestlenomics and that usually goes over like quarterly stuff so that's like released not as often Mm-hmm. So I'd be interested when they have some stuff covering this period, if they have information on Indian markets, to see whether this actually worked or not. <laughs> yeah, I might go check out uh, Melter's Twitter, um, see if anyone asked him and if he's responded to it. Mm-hmm. He's, he's usually really good about that. So, yeah, yeah. So- That'll be interesting because I I feel like they can't keep him on it very much longer because they're not even fucking doing anything different with him for these different guys that they're feuding him with. No, and he's not treated like the champion either. No, and it's like that. That's the other weird part. Was like I was thinking about this card and it was like you know what, like fucking put Jinder Mahal and Nakamura somewhere in the middle of the card. It's just a fucking match, or I don't know. Like because I've just been so cynical with this one, and then it's like and then my mind is like fucking let's do. 
AJ Styles and Kevin Owens in a Hell in a Cell is the main event. Well, Owens is the top heel in SmackDown, and AJ is the top babyface. Dude, AJ Styles is so goddamn the top babyface. Like, and you have they, Bobby Roode. They, Bobby Roode is the second babyface. They they almost couldn't have put the U.S. title on a worse person at this point in time when they were trying to like get Jinder Mahal over as a big deal. Like, yeah, like every <laughs> single other title holder is a bigger deal than him, and he's the WWE champion. Holy shit, you're right. Like. <laughs> It's like they they almost should have done some sort of self-sabotage of like, all right, look, we're going to give the U.S. title to, um, let's see, Ty Dillinger. Uh, we're going to, or not Ty, like Aiden English. It would have to be Aiden yeah. English. He's the only other guy that's like beneath. <laughs> um, and we're going to have to give it, the Intercontinental title to uh, Heath Slater. We're going to give uh, the Universal title. No, dude, title. that would get more over than Jinder. <laughs> that's true. The other guy from 3MB. <laughs> um. Oh, God. Well, you know what? Drew McIntyre is the NXT title right now. They need to give a title to uh, Heath Slater. Yeah, did you see the memes where it's like, Jinder is WWE champion, McIntyre is NXT champion. It was just like, next Universal champion, and it has a picture of Heath. <laughs> <laughs> Heath Slater beats Brock Lesnar to become the Universal champion. Um, And then the Ascension is tag team, right? That would be the only way to get Jinder over with them. But no, so you know, you know, you know, you would have to do is you'd have to have uh, Jinder and Drew come out to help him win against Lesnar, and then his win is the secret reuniting of Three MB, <laughs> and then they do the Three MB signs and they play the Three MB music with the air guitars, <laughs> <laughs> and then it cuts to the club in the back, and they're like, "The fuck, they got a reunion before us." <laughs> yep. Well, and then of course you build to uh, a WrestleMania. Triple uh, six man tag main uh, six man tag main event of three MB versus the Shield, <laughs> <laughs> with three MB going over <laughs> in a clean sweep. It's an elimination style. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, man. no, you don't do that. <laughs> no, uh, don't steal that. You, you don't um, do that. But they did decide to put the title on Jinder Mahal, which is still baffling. <laughs> Speaking of tag teams, though, um, what do you think of the debuting in-ring of Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin? Um, it was interesting because they they gel really fucking well from the standpoint of that. I think both these guys are just phenomenal athletes, and it mm-hmm. like they just are so capable that it's almost hard for them not to be able to figure that sort of thing out. But I I keep hearing other because other podcasts I've listened to everybody keeps saying that it's like, oh, well, Shelton's going to turn on him. And it's like, I can't not see it now. That yeah. I feel like that's the storyline. Though, so um, can we? Can I just give a note on Shelton real quick? That dude does not age. No, he's <laughs> He looks insane. exactly the same. And Russell's the exact same. Like, he hasn't slowed down at all. Yeah. He's, like, still doing top rope stuff. and. Um, although, I think, because it's... At first, I thought about that thought of like, oh, well, I'm depressed that it's probably going to be so short-lived. But then it's like, well, but that could be fine, though, because I'd, I'd almost kind of rather see Chad Gable uh, like wrestle against Shelton Benjamin and then wrestle against Rusev. Like, I'd like, there are a lot of singles match that I'd like to see him have. Yeah, right and he, he would come out on top in terms of the former uh, American Alpha guys of who has the better singles run. And if that happens with Chad, I think Chad could have great matches with those guys and rise a lot better than uh, uh, Jason Jordan could. Mm-hmm. 
Or has. <laughs> yeah. Although it's okay. One fucking weird side note there with uh, Jason Jordan. Did you see in the Southpaw season two stuff? Uh, his little bit there is, I think it was like Porkchop Jones or something. Yeah. Whoa. He had like 10 times the fucking charisma he does at Jason Jordan. Yeah. Holy shit. Like he was really good. Yeah. That's just like this kind of like uh, hickey kind of farming Texan guy. Right. He wasn't very yes. hickey actually. He was just very like. I don't know. He's like the strong kind of cowboyish guy. Yeah, he's was, he's I'm almost kind of like I feel like what Tejano wants to be. <laughs> that, like Tejano wants to be Porkchop Jones. <laughs> a little bit. I don't know. Just like straight to the point, but doing it in kind of like a weird way. Well, like there was something about his voice, dude. I feel like he was somehow like so fucking confident and smooth. He was like the yeah. old spice guy. <laughs> and he had this the mustache on too. Yeah, it was just like this real fucking like sexy, smooth charisma that it was like, where the fuck is this when you're Jason Jordan? Cause like I think if he somehow could like channel some of that and turn a little bit of that on, I don't know. There there could be something there. No, you know Maybe. what's what Southpaw characters I want to see is the the butchers. Really? I thought they were <laughs> kind of the weaker bits of that. I just thought it was funny because I think you could tell I think Rhino was trying not to laugh. Oh yeah, dude. Rhino was great in that. I thought Rollins was bad. That's I guess I should clarify. I thought Rollins was bad in that. But when both Rollins and and Rhino was talking himself, he just was trying not to laugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So anything else from SmackDown? Um, uh, let's see. What are some other things? Oh shit. Um, just to uh, jump back to Raw really quick. Yes, uh, Sasha can't hold on to the goddamn title. What Bliss the got the fuck title back. Is this? <laughs> and they sh- they pointed it out too. They made a point of it. They're like, Sasha cannot hold. Like, has not defended the title. Sasha has not defended the title. Like, Sasha said it in a promo. Alexa mm-hmm. said it in a promo. The commentators were hyping it, and then you have the babyface lose. What? I love this. Can I tell you why I love this? Why do you love this? Do you think, oh, do you think it's going to turn, uh, go to a heel turn? Sorry. I hope so. I hope so. Dude, this is the most logical, perfect storyline and progression for a heel turn they've had in a long time. <laughs> that they've accidentally stumbled upon this. Because you, I don't think this is ever on purpose in the long-term booking of constantly giving her these short title reigns. And then but, when they figured it out, they are like, let's point it out. And then. Yeah. Because now it's like it's the perfect fucking catalyst for like you know at some point she'll get the title back as a babyface, but then it's gonna get to the point where it's like she knows she's gonna lose it, and then she has to do some heel shit to keep it, and that becomes her character is that she knows she can't ever keep the title unless she cheats. It's perfect mm. because she's so fucking pissed that it's like I work so hard for so long to get these title shots and to win it, and then it's just gone. Right after I have it, that it's like I'm tired of this shit. Like I'm, I, I I'm tired of this constant climb to the top of the mountain. Like it's perfect. Oh, okay, it's so perfect. So you and don't it's see perfect too because the crowd is ready for her to turn heel. Yes. It, it could not be more perfect. You've you've had the the crowd lose face, not lose face, lose faith in her, so to speak, with these title runs. Um. She's getting frustrated as both her character and as a performer because she literally did an interview right before SummerSlam discussing how 
discussing this exact topic, how she's only ever had short title reigns and saying how she wants a long one. Yep. So and you know what? You know what, too? You actually have two good candidates, but one who is absolutely fucking perfect to do this all against. And the timing could not be more perfect because guess who's headed up to the main roster and it's probably going to Raw. Asuka. Fucking Asuka. And if there's anybody to be fucking scared off your ass that she's going to beat you and steal your title, it's Asuka, right? Mm-hmm. So I imagine this. Say Sasha gets her rematch against Alexa Bliss. She gets the title back from Alexa Bliss. Um, somehow, I guess somehow she has to get out of that rematch real quick. So mm-hmm. then Asuka can have her match. And then she knows that Asuka's going to fucking beat her. So she has to do some heel shit to retain against Asuka. Just grabs a chair and smacks Asuka in the face of it. That or like you know, like kicks her in the vagina or like something. That would be funny. Or, or like put on her, um, uh, like the Sasha Banks, like the thing she comes out with on her fingers, like the big rings. Oh, she yeah. She have like something like that that's kind of like a brass knuckle. And she could start she using that. She punches her and gets the, the boss like mark on her cheek. Yeah. Oh my god. She like brands her with the boss mark. Ooh, that could be some bitchy shit. Like, I don't know how they do that exactly, but like maybe somehow make it that like after matches she could like brand people with it or something. Oh, you could easily like. Or maybe stamp people. That's what I was going to say. That's probably the she, PG. Yeah. Well, she could, um. You could just, while the match is going on, have someone at ringside like just brush some like makeup kind of stuff on it. Mm. And then when she goes to pick it up towards the end of the match and like hit someone with it, then it has the markings. Totally. <laughs> Although yeah. I guess then the ref would always know that you hit them, right? Because there's just like this giant makeup mark. <laughs> nah, refs are stupid. That's true. Refs are completely idiot- idiotic, so. <laughs> <laughs> and like completely fragile. That is that is one like kind of fun little bit about just like the wrestling universe is just like this thing that it's like yeah refs are like even weaker than just like an ordinary human would be. Um, I, that's what I enjoyed about Southpaw was the was the first episode where they had all the guys singing, and the one spot was the ref going. He's like talking about how everyone hates him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, uh, okay. See, the only other note. I have from Raw is just um, interesting that Jeff Hardy won the uh, was it the IC title? Yeah. Or I'm sorry, United States Championship number one mm-hmm. contender by the way. Or no, IC title. Why do I have United States? Never mind. You know what? You know what I think this is. I think this is a favor to the Miz after because like from r- some reports I had heard was like he was really pissed about the whole SummerSlam thing with you know their match going on in the pre-show and nobody being in the building. Mm. So I wonder if this is kind of like, a, all right, well, who, like, what do you want? Like, you want a favor or something? And then it's like, hey, you know what? I was a kid. I fucking like the Hardys. Let me fucking get a win over Jeff Hardy. Or uh. Something like that. Maybe it's something like that. I don't know. Either that or maybe it's like, a, you know, we don't want the, the Hardys in the title picture right now for the tag titles. But, like, we also need somebody to challenge Miz real quick while we figure out who's going to be his long-term opponent. Yeah. Maybe something like that. Yeah. Um, I definitely don't think that Jeff's getting the title. No, and some people are thinking that this is going to lead to a breakup of the Hardys or the broken you or awoken whatever it's going to be universe uh, starting. But I just don't see it right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think so either. 
Because, you know what, I the other thing that I was thinking about this was, like, maybe this is a dream match for The Miz is because, like, they just so recently did the thing with um, Rollins and Ambrose where they did, like, the whole promo of, like, wow, like, you know, we used to watch you as kids and now we get to defend the tag titles against you? Fuck yeah, we'll fight you. Like, <laughs> so then Miz can't do that as, like, a heel. Like, he can't do that, but, you know, maybe, like, backstage is like, yeah, that'd be really fucking cool. I would really like to have a fucking match with Jeff Hardy. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, fuck it. We'll do it. Yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah, we kind of boned you all, and maybe it's even a favor to Jeff Hardy too. Being like, yeah, we kind of boned you guys yeah. with that match. So, <laughs> our bad. Yeah, let's do let's do another kind of title program real quick. That's that's I don't know. That's my best read on it. <laughs> I that's that's the only thing I can come up with. So, sounds good to me. Although, did uh, you, um, just to, to piggyback, but I think my last point for Raw, did you think that Nia turning on Bliss there was like, I, I clearly they wanted that to be some sort of big deal, but like, I felt like they didn't have that partnership last nearly long enough for it to have the impact. No, because I read it right away as soon as Nia came out and was like mm-hmm. clapping him, I was like, oh, she's turning on her. Yeah. Whereas, like, think about the turns of of that kind. Um, going back to like say like the Rockers with Sean throwing Marty through the window, you didn't you didn't see that coming. You didn't see um, Evolution turning on Randy Orton. You didn't see mm-hmm. Seth Rollins turning on the other guys in the Shield. Like that that was shocking moments when those when those things happened. As soon as Nia came out, I was like, oh, she's gonna attack Alexa. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that at least, like, even though it was pretty predictable and way too fucking early, like, the crowd did seem to react kind of favorably to it, so hopefully Oh, yeah, because they're behind, they're behind Naya and Alexa as well. Yeah, so that, that's good to see, because it's like, you know, Naya's still really in this very infantile stage of, like, getting the crowd behind her a little bit, uh-huh. so it's it's very tenuous. So, like, if they fuck it up, then it can go very go away really quickly, I think. Mm-hmm. So it was like, oh, this was this was a little quick, guys. Like, well, let's see how this goes. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, you pulled that trigger really quick. It's like, you just put the title back in Alexa. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is fast, guys. Okay. And then meanwhile, then they just have Emma, like, running around like a fucking crazy person. It's like, you know what? Actually, it's like, if you guys need a little bit of something to do, you could do a little program with Mickey James. Mickey James could do a thing with Alexa Bliss if he needs some time. Exactly. That'd be fine. Or if you decided to have Emma do something other than just being a crazy bitch, like you know, she could be a sexy and... cop and go after Alexa Bliss for a little bit, that's fine. Yeah. I think you know, I think actually with the sexy cop gimmick, you could kind of make her kind of like a like a face but sort of like an anti-hero face. Mm, how so? Like, like, because she's just fucking sexy and people like Emma, so people would want to cheer her, so then you'd make her, like, in the way that, like, Randy Orton's kind of like a bad boy. Like, ah, like bad shit to, like, get cheered. Mean. Like, oh, she yeah. would do kind of, like, sexy, like, bad girl shit to get cheered. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, she'd go and, like, do some sort of, like, slap on some girl, but then, like, turn to, like, the camera of the audience and do, like, some sort of, like, sexy, like, ass shake or, like, a, I don't know, like, something to, like, get the crowd. And it's like, yeah, I know that you know I'm sexy. <laughs> Or like, I know you know, she maybe does. she does like some like some uh, like I'm just imagining with her sunglasses. She mm-hmm. can do something, you know, like tilt them down and look out at the crowd and maybe do like a weird gun gesture. I don't know. Some shit. I'm not good at booking her. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think there are other people I think it's like I think I have some good ideas for her, but Emma 
I guess tonight is not one of them. <laughs> but her just running around, literally just saying, I started the women's revolution. I started the women's revolution. It's not a good idea either, I don't think. No. <laughs> Especially when you're going to have her feud against Mickey, who is a better wrestler and could cut a better promo. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, it's gonna be rough. Uh, anything else from SmackDown? Let's see. SmackDown. We had uh, let's see. Yeah, Owens confronting Shane, which I thought was um, decent, and I think kind of like leads into the further program there with uh, him fucking over Zayn and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was Ziggler's fucking weirdo promo. Oh, like, again, yeah, they're delaying it well, now. And I'm just like, what is going on? Do you think this is just like an intentional thing, and this is part of the gimmick? Is just like, hey, you have to wait till next week. Uh, yeah, wait till I next hope week. it's not because we literally just had that like twice. We had Kurt Hawkins do it, and then we had um, what's her name, Red Harry. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's maybe, just like maybe that's their. It's like look, look at how well it worked for both of those people. We got to do it yeah. a third time. <laughs> One's been fired. <laughs> One is although <laughs> Kurt Hawkins wins for tweet of the week. Did you see his tweet about this? Uh, the um, match on Raw. No, the fifteen minute. So. You know how everyone picked him up and threw him over the top rope? Yeah. So he, he took a screenshot of that, of when everyone's just holding him up. And he goes, I'm so glad I have the respect of everyone in the <laughs> locker room. Thanks, guys. And it's right <laughs> next... Wait, hold on. Right next to it is the photo from when Bret Hart first won the championship and everyone's holding him up. <laughs> I was just like, done. You win, Twitter. <laughs> That's that's fucking hilarious. Good job, Kurt Hawkins. At least he's got a fucking sense of humor about this shit, you know? Oh, yeah, he he did that's an awesome. interview with Sam Roberts where Sam was like, when he got hired back, and he was basically like, are you afraid of being, like, a jobber again? Uh, and Kurt was like, he was like, you know, I had my run on the indies, and I'm ready for just a decent paycheck every week. And he was like, no matter what they get, like, have me do, I'm just going to have fun with it. Like... Mm-hmm. That, that's a fucking good attitude to have, dude. Like, for his skill set, yeah. Like, yeah. He's a jobber. Like, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with Gabe making a paycheck. And, I mean, and he's entertaining. So Yeah, like, he he's entertaining in these weird little roles of just, like, yeah, go out and kill him. Whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's the Brooklyn Brawler, kind of. <laughs> well, actually, I think, I think Heath Slater is actually the best guy at this role that they have right now. Oh, yeah. Because for a little while, Santino was the guy. But then oh. Heath Slater has become that guy. So actually, it. that's kind of—they really don't need Kurt Hawkins when they have Heath Slater, but that's fine. All right. So, uh, anything else in SmackDown? Zigman. Pew 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 pew. <laughs> All flash, no substance. Nope. No. Christ. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I, yeah, I think that's it for me for SmackDown. Uh, on 205 Live, I have uh, two notes for you. Yeah. One, for first of all, did you see 205 Live? Yes, I did. Okay. Uh, one, just to get this out of the fucking way, just because this is god-awful and weird. What the fuck is going on with this TJP, uh, Rich Swan storyline? Uh, TJP turns on Davari? Yeah, for, and Rich like, Swan is surprised. Yeah. He's like, oh, your knee wasn't hurt. Man, what? It, what? <laughs> it, yeah, I, 
I I honestly as, don't even know where, what to say or where to start. This as is awkward as that weird. interaction was between us is how awkward the storyline is on TV. Like, why did why did he reveal that he's injured by attacking Davari? Like, was he mad that he feels like Davari showed that he wasn't injured and before he could pounce on Rich Swan, or was he mad at Davari for not winning the match? Like, I don't know. I don't know either. Was he mad that he stole his crutch that he didn't need? <laughs> I, did, I don't know, man. And then afterwards, when he beat him up, then he was angry that like he beat he, that he did what he wanted to do, and was like upset with Rich Swan or something. I, I don't. Maybe know. Maybe he has bipolar disorder, and so he's just like switching oh. between two personalities. I think you figured it out. Maybe, maybe this is the oh, saving grace. Like, this is actual. This is a mo- This is a mental awareness storyline. <laughs> T.J. Perkins is new character. He's actually just a crazy person, <laughs> and Rich Swan is his only friend left. Shy's <laughs> like, dude, you got to get together. You got to take your meds. <laughs> maybe that's how this ends. Is that Rich T.J. Perkins takes meds and then becomes a new character. <laughs> He goes back to being TJ Perkins. You know what? Actually, he should go back to being uh, Neville's minion. That was honestly the best thing he was doing. That was actually really good, I thought. Yeah, after the Cruiserweight Classic, that was the best thing that he ever did. I mean, I think he could he could still basically do that character even without Neville. He just needs to be an unrelenting little shit. Like, he needs to stop <laughs> doing this weird, really bad mind game storyline. Because it's like zero people are fooled by this. And it, it it almost makes Rich Swan look really bad that we're supposed to believe that like he does he like he doesn't see through this. Like, what the fuck is wrong with Rich Swan? Right? Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. And thus, is is the other reveal going to be that Rich Swan knew it was bullshit all the time? Was just like gonna test TJP and like how long were you gonna drag this shit out man <laughs> I knew that you knew that I knew that it was fake <laughs> I, all along I knew that you knew that I knew this shit was bullshit <laughs> oh my god that would be the worst you know what if they did that if they did that level of that back and forth uh, Brizango would have to come out <laughs> hold on hold on, hold on. Like, we knew you're it. stealing our gimmick yeah you're stealing our gimmick Maybe, is that the reveal? That it's actually TJP who's been uh, attacking the fashion police? <laughs> I hope not. Uh, or him and Rich Swan? They're secretly actually together? <laughs> Are they just doing this whole storyline to make it seem like they're not? <laughs> oh, jeez. This conspiracy goes all the way to the top, Joe. <laughs> all the way to the top of 205 Live, where apparently Enzo is now the main event. <laughs> Well, stealing yeah, the win with a cheating. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? He's a face, but Actually, he cheats. I, I like that he cheated, though. Yeah, I guess. I mean, someone has because to spice up two hundred five live, right? So, I th- well, I think it actually kind of helps the credibility because it's like he because if he just came in and could legitimately beat these guys, then it would kind of make them look like shit because Enzo's been presented so shittily. Mm. But if the only way that he can beat these guys is by cheating, then I, I think in a weird way. It kind of helps their credibility. Do you, oh, so you think they're really doing that on purpose? Like, because I, I think there's no way they don't bring this up. 
Okay. I think there's no way that Drew Gulak doesn't cut a promo next week, either on Raw or 205 Live or Saying both. Saying you you had to pull mm-hmm. up my tights to to beat me. So yep, you you had to. Well, you had to. I think he had his foot on the ropes for leverage. Oh yeah, yeah. It was like something like that. So it's like you had to cheat to win. You know that is not the way of the cruiserweights. Yada yada. <laughs> this is a no fly and no cheating zone. Yeah. <laughs> And then, you know, Enzo comes out like, oh, man, it's, it's, it's a no-fly zone. Well, I guess I can't come in because I'm just too fly. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so bad. That was so bad. So bad. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. It, that's my opinion on it. But I guess it, it depends on how they follow up on it. Because mm-hmm. they could just sort of, like, brush it over and it's nothing. Then it's like, oh, whatever. And it could be bad and shitty. So, we'll see. Uh, so, then we had NXT. Uh, where we had a great match between uh, Bobby Roode and Roderick Strong, with Roderick Strong coming out on top. Mm-hmm. Also challenging McIntyre like a man. This was this was actually really excellent. I thought the whole um, Roderick Strong and Bobby Roode storyline for this. Yeah, it, it tied in well to like transition Roderick from that to the title picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was perfectly set up of like the conclusion of one story and the intro- and like the step into the next one. It yeah. was actually like a, it ended up being such a great culmination of like a long like redemption storyline for him that ended up like in so strongly that like not only did he beat Bobby Roode, but I, this has got to be his last match, I think. Yeah, so Bobby, Bobby Roode's then gone. Yeah. So like he chased the, out the old champion to really like cement his place as like I am a main event guy who can challenge for the title now. And it's such a perfect fucking culmination for Bobby Roode's storyline because it's like, you know, so much of it. I think one way you can kind of read into it is like, you know, he came in, he beat Nakamura, like was taking advantage of whatever he could to become the champion and stay the champion. And then there was this guy, Roderick Strong, who he just like got way too fixated on and fucked with and stuff. And then, you know, eventually then he lost the title because he was a little bit distracted and some other guy who was better than him came along, took advantage Mm -hmm. of that. And then the same guy that he fucked around with too much is the guy that then came around full circle and then beat him and sent him out of the company packing. And so Roddy was, like was really like that, great send off. Roddy was that great foil to root. I felt too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They were such great foils to each other. Yeah. And uh, I even love just the little things like Roddy blowing, uh, rude, the kiss mm-hmm. at the end in response to rude blowing, uh, his wife, a kiss. Exactly. Exactly. It was such a perfect full circle thing because then like not only is that you know full circle for that storyline, but then to him kissing him goodbye from NXT. Oh, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> it's like a bye bye. We're getting so inception on this. Like it it was a really fucking excellent match and culmination of the storyline. Yeah. Because like the and... match itself was good, but I think it's it was so much better because of how well the storyline culminated. Oh, absolutely agreed. And then we add to this new chapter in NXT by um, so Roddy wins the match and then uh, Drew McIntyre is out on the ramp and Adam Cole, uh, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly come out and attack him. They're chased off by security. Um, do you think it's odd that they didn't ta- attack um, Roderick Strong? Dude, I think it's odd that these three guys ran away from William Regal. <laughs> an old retired wrestler. 
and a couple of security guys. It's like, you ran away from these guys? <sighs> I felt like it, it was so fucking baffling, too, because, like, after Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, both, like, they made these guys look, I think, even though they lost in their debuts, they both look really good. Oh, they but took out like, Authors of Pain and Sanity. Oh, oh, forgot about that. That's how the episode started. Was yeah. a, You don't see them, though, right? You don't see Fisher. O'Reilly, but it's assumed that they're the ones t- that took out Sanity at the beginning of the episode. Right. And then this is how they end, is they run away from William Regal. Well, I, I mean... I, just, that, I got so distracted by that, I was like, oh my god, this is so weak. That was... <laughs> it was weird. I I just didn't like how it was shot, or like played out, basically, but I don't mind them running off after the attack. I guess it's like, I just, I felt like if they were going to run off, then it's like, they should have just gotten more of a head start so that it was just like, oh, well, they came exactly. in and then boom, now they're gone instead of just like, oh, well, they're, they're just right here and they keep they're taunting like, us being like, five. we're going to come back and get you. We're going to come back and get you. And it's <laughs> and like, like well, William Regal is trying to fight you right now and you're running <laughs> away from him. Like, he's an old man. Like, if you can't beat him, come on. No, I, I agree that, yeah, that's how, that's what I mean. Like, cause I like that they're like an invading faction, so to speak. So I like that they can just like sneak in, get an attack, and then get out as quickly as possible. Yeah, I I liked the idea more than the execution. Yeah, yes, I'll say that. Um, but what uh, some people have theorized is that do you think this faction includes Roderick Strong? Uh, I hadn't thought of that yet. Um, because he's... At, at this point, I, I assume the story they're setting up is because like you know they have Drew McIntyre as the champion, and then they have two challengers who are completely foils against each other. You have Roderick Strong, who has like won legitimate matches and has challenged Drew McIntyre by saying, "Hey, I want the match," versus yeah. Adam Cole, who's got these cronies, and then is saying, "Just I'm going to come out and beat you up basically until I get a title match." Mm-hmm. So then, like, they're the two foils and i thought that they were going to be like that they were going to use this as sort of like i guess maybe even like a weird embodiment of like drew mcintyre kind of then being like the guy that's in between like he's not fully face or heel he's a little more tweener-ish yeah because they've never defined him really yeah he's just kind of like come in and been like i'm gonna win the nxt title yeah i did it <laughs> i'm scottish <laughs> i'm scottish <laughs> i should carry a claymore <laughs> oh, wait, that's my finishing move. It's my foot. <laughs> Sorry, I'm carrying a claymore. <laughs> I'm carrying two claymores. <laughs> oh oh <my> man. <laughs> what do you? I mean, what do you? What do you think so far? Because like this is like his first week really as champion, right? He came out, cut his little promo, cut his little thesis statement. What do you think of uh, McIntyre as NXT champion? I, I think he's good so far. I think he definitely needs a program like Cole or Roderick to uh, really set him up, though. Well, I think I think he's probably going to get both at the same time. It looks yeah. like for now. So I think that's that's almost even better, right? You'll mm-hmm. really get like anytime you, anytime it's more than two guys, like you really get a lot of mm-hmm. promoing back and forth between and different styles of promos mixed together and things. So mm-hmm. people really have to step up their games. Yeah, and because then, too, like, if anything happens to those guys or if they want to switch it up, too, like, they've got a lot of other guys, like, in the wings. Like, they got Aleister Black right there. They got Hideo Itami right there. Mm-hmm. They've got Cassius Sono you can kind of throw in the mix. Like, they've got Andrade Cian Almas, who's, like, coming back up again. So, like, they've got other guys that they can, like, throw in here, too. Mm-hmm. So, this, I think this should be an exciting time for the NXT title, theoretically. 
Oh, yeah, it's a brand new chapter for NXT, and it's mm-hmm. going to be really I, good. That's actually a really good fucking way to think about it, because it's like, yeah, you got the new champion and the old champion is going out so quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, like, he, I, actually, you know what? Is he, maybe he's not even going to get a rematch. Who, Bobby Roode? Yeah. Oh, no, I, yeah, I think he's gone. Wow. And then you have you have Asuka relinquishing the title and leaving. Mm-hmm. You have the authors of Pain probably leaving, so... Wouldn't that be wild if just, like, none of them got rematches? In NXT, there's no rematch to, clause. <laughs> yeah, they took out the rematch clauses. They're gone now. When the, when they switched over to the new title design, they took out rematch clauses. Yeah. Um, I guess my last thing from this week, because, well, actually, you know what? Because kind of a big piece of news related to Lucha, um, if we want to talk about, because, like, actual Lucha stuff from this week, like the uh, show... Yeah. The biggest piece coming out of this was the announcement of like that mask versus hair match for Phoenix versus Marty. Oh, I I thought also uh Ray versus um I'm a blanket on Matanza. Yeah, Matanza, yeah. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, they announced, they kind of like are shaping out a little more of the Ultima Lucha Trace card. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I feel like with that it, I mean it, I think it'll be exciting, but there's definitely almost like no way that Phoenix loses that match. Like there's no way they kill Phoenix's character. No, yeah. Because that's what he losing the mask would be is killing his character. So yeah, and I think Marty getting shaved would feed way more into his character than Phoenix losing his mask. Yeah, yep, I think it worked well. Uh, but yeah, the, the bigger incident kind of like coming out of this area of things this week is the whole incident with Sexy Star. Have you read about this at all? I watched the clip. Oh shit! I haven't watched a clip. What did so? What did you think of it? Seeing it, uh, I think Sexy Star should never work again. That um, seems to be the sentiment. Yeah, <laughs> it's it is an absolutely horrible. It's it's really hard to watch because you just see Rosemary like screaming out in pain. Yeah. So as can sexy you give like just, a, a little bit of a recount of the, the whole situation? So I the clip I saw is only from since the end of the match. So sexy gets her in an armbar, and Rosemary submits. So the bell rings, and then. Sexy keeps on wrenching on it, but you notice that there's like a point at which she's like wrenching on it really hard, and like Rosemary's no longer selling. You can tell it's legit pain. And yeah. when all of a sudden, like the refs and um, even uh, what's his name, Vampiro comes down to like ringside and stuff, and that's when you can tell, like, oh, something real happened, and it wasn't booked, it wasn't. <laughs> Uh, it wasn't supposed to be like a storyline and stuff. Um, so I don't know what Sexy Star's excuse is. Um, I don't know if she's put out a statement or anything yet. I can look that up now. But Rosemary put out a statement, and it sounds like Sexy Star. It sounds like is just not is not a professional in the ring. I'll say that. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I guess um, how many of these other incidences are in the ring, but I feel like I've just heard over the the years and stuff like other reports are just kind of you know people being frustrated with her and her being kind of unprofessional in other ways so i, mean, uh, I guess y- it's less of a surprise that she did something like that well i don't know i think i think this is like way more of a next level than just being a bitch backstage yeah you know? exactly being a bitch backstage is one thing like guys have been pissed yeah. off at each other backstage before but then have gone out in the ring and haven't hurt each other um and the right. best example of this is i heard is on edge and christian's podcast edge brought up him and matt hardy having those matches together yeah. after 
Edge <laughs> stole his girlfriend like That's in damn. legit life. <laughs> and Matt would have every reason as a guy who's pissed off to go out there and do something to Edge, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like, in, in a weird other way, too, it's like, or Edge, like, if he was afraid that Matt was going to do something, exactly. him, like, maybe, no, like, Matt, hurt him first. And Matt said that, too. Like, Matt was also kind of, uh, no, I'm sorry, Edge was also, like, upset at the whole situation because he felt like he wasn't able to say his side of the story, so to speak, because like, people were so uh, for Matt and against him. Yeah. And there's always two sides of the story, so... Mm-hmm. obviously and like and he was saying like he obviously could have taken his anger out as well on matt right um but apparently though i think in rosemary's statement i think it was i was reading um she states that yes sexy star also had a incident with someone else uh on that same card like earlier in the night oh shit with like trying to shoot on them or something like that and so hmm. that girl also wanted to kill her but rosemary um, just wanted to like just get away. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking bananas, dude. Like that she would do that sort of thing. It's like I mean, obviously, I guess I I'd only seen like a little bit of her statement, but it seemed like it was really poorly translated. So I guess like I don't know. I didn't feel very confident that I knew exactly what she was trying to say from what I read. Mm. But it seemed like where it was going from that it was like a she didn't know that she had hurt her. And that there was, like, maybe even a question of, like, I'm not sure whether she's actually hurt even now sort of thing. Like, saying that maybe Rosemary's lying. Mm. But, again, this was, like, it. Like when I was reading it, it didn't seem like a great translation. So, I'm not really confident. Um, so, I, I really don't know what her statement is on it at this point. But just from all accounts, from, like, the fact that, like, it, it like, you know, what you've said with the clip from the things that I've read and like the fact like so many other people have talked about this and it's not even just been people associated with it, but like other people in the independent, you know, world of wrestling and even people in WWE have commented on this. Yeah. And like pretty much everybody is just like, fuck sexy star. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, this is, so it's also like bad people like taking their own, uh, experiences with her and putting it on that. So, Right, because like, one of the crazier things I had heard was that some people were thinking, it's like, oh, well, this is a work. And it's like, this is not a fucking work, guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, especially, it's like, you know, the, through all of the fucking shit, you know the super way you know it's not a work is that if anybody from WWE, which some people have, like people like um, Road Dog and shit like that, have commented on this. Yeah. Like, if anybody from WWE commented on it, it's not a work. Because mm-hmm. if there were work, none of them would be touching it. Yeah. Because they're not going to promote something that they're not making money off of. So, like, this exactly. is just them responding responding to an actual event. So, yeah, this is it's crazy. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I looking guess at it's like this. that's the fucking nasty reality of this shit is that that shit happens sometimes. Yeah. You know, it's like it's a nasty competitive business and people's fucking emotions get out of check. But, I mean, that's what these guys and girls do, right? They mm-hmm. put themselves in these very precarious situations where they, they have to put their health and life in someone else's hands. Yeah. It's like, I mean, th- think about that. Like in, in, in the context of even like your workplace, your empl- like employees and coworkers and stuff like you on a day to day basis, do you have to trust them with your life? Not to that extent that a wrestler does, but like yeah. I have to trust that they're not going to spill like 
harmful bacteria all over the place yeah. and things like that. But it's true. It's a good point. So, yeah, but like you, you do have a little bit, but a little bit, different. but like yeah, it's it. You would have to do something really bad in my line of work to like really hurt somebody. <laughs> so mm. yeah, but like is yeah, the, the level of trust that a wrestler has to have for another wrestler is like the if you don't do this move correctly, you could just you know, kill me. Yeah, and you're doing that on a regular fucking basis. It's like yeah, you you really need to be able to trust these people, mm-hmm. and that's yeah, that's it's sad. Yeah. But yeah, poor sexy star because like she's I've heard that she's already been losing fucking bookings left and right. Oh yeah, and like even too, uh, which is no surprise, you know. Cody Rhodes tweeted out that he's never gonna step foot in a uh, locker room uh, that she's in. Yep. Uh. Bad times, bad times for her. But uh, yep. good times ahead for the May Young Classic. Have you seen these first round episodes? Yeah, I've uh, I watched the first two. Okay. I need to get through the the next two this uh this weekend. Mm-hmm. Nice long weekend to watch it. Though I think it's weird that they're releasing the next four this Monday, mm-hmm. which is weird. Like because it's Labor Day, so I don't know how many viewings you're going to get on Labor Day. So, everybody will just be uh you know they're not doing anything on Labor Day. They're not working, sure. so of course they're just going to stay home and everybody's going to watch wrestling. Yes. <laughs> That's how the world works. But uh, good stuff so far. Yeah, what it's, uh, who have you liked so far So far from what you've seen? Um, I've liked Rachel Evers, um, mm-hmm. Lance Storm's uh, student. Um, I've really liked, oh, is it the girl from India? Could Did be they have... No, someone else. It was someone who was really green, they said. It was like, one of her first matches. The Chinese girl? Yes, her. Yeah, against uh, Mercedes Martinez. Yeah, yep. really great match. Especially for the Chinese girl being so new to the business. Yeah, I thought, like, considering her level of greenness, she did really well. Yeah, that she was the most she was the most standout part of that uh, so far. You thought so? I thought Mar- Mercedes Martinez in general, like, she's looking fucking good. Mm-hmm. I thought uh, Shayna Baszler fucking looks like a killer. Have I seen her yet? Is she in the first two? or? I'm trying to remember which episode she's in. Maybe she's yeah. not in the first two. But, yeah. Well, if you haven't seen her yet, she's a fucking killer. So. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, she's got just... She's being set up so great. Like, legit MMA fighter, and she's a huge fan of the business, so... Mm-hmm. I, think, I thought she was in the first episode, though. Um, maybe uh, I'm wrong. Anyway, but yeah, I thought it's been really good so far. Um, yep. I'm trying to remember. Who, have you seen Dakota Kai yet? I believe so. Like uh, New Zealand Bailey? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> she's pretty good. I, I think she's she's got some real potential. Like if they, if they completely fuck up this thing with Bailey and they can't bring it back with her bring back from injury, then it's like, well... Maybe just they bring can just Dakota. Yeah, just like, well, maybe we can make it work with Dakota Kai. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, there's something to it too, because like her and then Rhea Ripley, both of them are really fucking cute, and both of them are like Australian and New Zealandy. And uh, Tony Storm, she's in this. I think mm-hmm. you haven't gotten to her yet. I think she's in uh, one of the later episodes. Yeah, I have to. I have to go back and look over the uh, what was on each episode. Yeah, there's some excellent stuff. So we'll, we'll have to talk more about the Mayon Classic once you've seen more of it. But yeah, yeah, it's it's been. 
I think, pretty good so far. Like, I've really liked these tournaments that they've done. They, I think they've done a pretty good job with, like, the Cruiserweight Classic and shit, too. Yeah. And this was crazy, too. Uh, the Mae Young Classic, um, Jim Ross and Lita had to go back in and redo the announcing for all the matches. Oh, my God. Wait, this this right here is the redone? Yes. Jesus Christ. Because Lita is fucking awful. She's the worst part of this whole thing. Yeah. But I kind of feel it like they they so they did it live and then something happened where it didn't record so then her and jim ross had to go back into the studio and redo it all because it's like they're they're huge segments of these fucking matches where like clearly jim ross is like all right like i've talked for a little while and now i'm setting up you lita and there's just like <laughs> all this fucking dead air and then lita will eventually say like nice I feel like somebody hits a kick on somebody, <laughs> and that's it. Like not following up, like a oh wow, that was a really great kick. You know, like it, you know, destabilizing her and taking her down, and she should definitely be able to get a pin off of that. Oh my god, she didn't like none of that. Just nice. <laughs> it's that like what kind of Australian. Nice, nice. That's nice kick right there. <laughs> Crikey! <laughs> Even if she at least fucking mix it up instead of just nice, because that like it literally just. Nice. <laughs> or, wow. <laughs> it's it's so bad. If you take it's out Jim just... Ross's commentary, that's all you hear from her. <laughs> like I could just I have, in my head I just picture Jim Ross there with a gun, just like, jeez, goddammit. Like they put me with the, they put me with this bitch. I'm gonna take myself out of this business. <laughs> I'm going into business for myself. Straight <laughs> to hell. I can't deal with this bullshit. Amateur hour. Getting me in here with a fucking deaf mute. At least you have some sort of credibility. <laughs> so when you say nice, it means more than just some fucking idiot. But not really. <laughs> oh my god, it's bad. But at least at least the other shit that's going on for the most part is decent. Yeah, the wrestling is good. Like, it's not all been great. There have been parts that have been, eh. Yeah. But, like, there are definitely a handful of women at this tournament that, like, I hear a decent number of them are signed. And I feel, I really hope they are. Because a lot of these women, I think, could really help fill out this women's division not only in nxt but like you know then quickly maybe bring a few of them up to the main roster after that so then you can get rid of people like tamina mm-hmm. who have no business being a rat like after this tournament dude can you justify tamina anymore uh no 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 you can't <laughs> she's bad she's really bad dude like she's <laughs> The you know I'm trying to remember if you've seen her yet. There, there's this chick Kavita Devi. She's like the Indian chick in this tournament, and she's trained by the great Kali. Oh yeah, she's really bad. She and Tamina are basically equivalents. And she's newer to the business than she's, Tamina. <laughs> and she's like super green. She's trained by great Kali, which is like in my book is probably a negative. Like you might as well have just had no training. I imagine that shit is probably just making you worse because what the fuck is he going to teach you i mean i guess i mean what the fuck am i saying because like he got a contract right and he got money from them so what the fuck do i know he's a really good trickster <laughs> he's just a really good lying piece of shit so you know what maybe i guess it's like hey good job then i guess she could get in there maybe jinder mahal learned a lot more from him than we realize 
<laughs> Although, you know what? I mean, in the same way that I was just uh, cutting that Reigns promo in the beginning of this uh, podcast, some like Jinder Mahal's success is not due to him either. That's just, they're like, hey, you're the Indian guy that we have. Yeah. You want Indian people's money. You're the champion now. Um, which leads me, I have one last thing for you, which is the fan question of the week. Okay. Which is a big question. I think actually relates more to uh, the Reigns and Cena thing more than anything else. Uh, the question is, what makes a babyface and a heel in modern day wrestling? Because, mm. like, you know, you definitely have like very concrete sort of ideas of what like a babyface and a heel, I guess, used to be like, and they're we kind of try to project them onto modern wrestling of like a babyface is somebody who doesn't cheat and they always like. You know, they, they try to get the crowd support and they love the people. And then a heel is somebody who, you know, like makes fun of the people and doesn't care yeah. about what they say and cheats and, you know, is ruthless and aggressive. So in modern day wrestling, a baby face is uh, someone who, hmm. Because it's weird because it's like it's, it's so different for so many people. But I think like if anything, it's... maybe one uniting factor Oh, go ahead. If you've got it's it. basically it's just so defined by the crowd almost, and a babyface is then a person who's a very good, most of the times technical wrestler, um, who's also good on the mic. Um, and it it's not what they do; it's just how well they do it that gets the the crowd behind them. Mm-hmm. Um, because even someone coming out as a as you stated and like the old school type heel, if they're really good at that, then they become a baby face. So you're, you're saying that it, how well somebody does their job determines whether they're a baby face or a heel. It determines how, how if they're a baby face, a heel on the other hand, mm. uh, in modern day wrestling is, um, I guess there's two types. There is the heels that like get shoved down people's, um, throats. Let's say it's a baby face getting shoved down people's throats, and they just hate them. So say like a Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have um people who are actually really good at getting the crowd to boo them. So like a um, like Miz. Yes, or Kevin Owens. Because mm-hmm. Kevin Owens is cheered sometimes, but he also can he does get the crowd to boo him a lot. Mm-hmm. But I think in that's and it kind of relates almost similarly to your babyface point of a lot of the reason that he gets cheered is because he's so good at what he does. Exactly, yeah. <clears throat> okay. These are fair points. I, I think I agree. I'm going to add something, though, too. Because I think yeah. maybe um, an extra point from like the modern-day wrestling perspective with social media being so involved, I think to an extent, um, almost like authenticity – has a big deal or a big part of like whether somebody's a baby face or a heel in that like I think part of the reason that Roman Reigns is still perceived as such a heel other than the booking history and stuff like that is that there's such a disconnect between what he's supposed to be reacted to or you know maybe maybe it's consistency maybe that's what I'm looking for not authenticity it's consistency between what uh, they're supposed to be portrayed as with like, according to kind of like the script versus what the reaction is. It's like, 
they the crowd wants no that doesn't make sense because then it's just basic all right i'm gonna go back to authenticity i think mm-hmm. there has to be uh more of a connection between like your actual character who you are and what your on-screen character is and when there's a huge disconnect between those things then like the crowd senses it a lot more than they used to because social media is so much more prevalent and so then people like like for example with like Roman Reigns he's supposed to be a babyface on TV even though he's kind of like an anti-heroish babyface like he's supposed to be a babyface mm-hmm. but like a lot of times when he's off character and he's like on Twitter and in interviews and stuff like that he's kind of a dick like not that he's like a Ric Flair level of like piece of shit but like you know, he's just kind of a dick in general. He's kind of like a Randy Orton. Like, Randy Orton's just kind of a dick. Mm-hmm. Like, so we he's not a baby face. Like, he's kind of a heel. Like, Because he, he's, he's a fucking dick. And it's not that, like, I hate the guy for him being a dick. But it's just that it's like, you know, I also don't want to, like, go cheer for him. Like, you know, there's just, like, this disconnect. But then, um, let's see, what would be, like, a different example? Like, I think somebody then, like, a Sami Zayn, it's like, he's, he comes across as so fucking authentic that he yeah. is just like you know a baby face through and through and then somebody like bailey is like so like she is who she is and like becky lynch is just so like that's who she is and like new day is so like even though they're extremely fucking goofy it's like those guys are just being themselves it's like i, th- I think there's something to i don't know that's my thought on it i think authenticity yeah. has a, a big thing to do with like creating a modern day baby face is like because you have to be your character so much more 24-7 than ever before. Like, your character has to be you even more than it used to be. Mm-hmm. You do that, or maybe you have to, like, it has to be so different from you. Because then at the same time, I think, like, Neville is doing so excellently, but then he's a heel. But, like, that character is completely different from him. Yeah. Like, based on every interview I've seen him in and every non-character thing, like, he's so, like, meek and mild-mannered and a nice guy. Like, but then he's like, you know, he's the king of the cruiserweights and fuck you and all that sort of shit. So who knows? Maybe he's got like a way darker side that he just keeps in check all the time. <laughs> Everyone's always hiding something, right? Oh, shit. Maybe he's fucking Bruce Banner and the Hulk. <laughs> like he's just when he's he's just fucking Adrian Neville. He's just like, oh, whatever. I'm I'm Bruce Banner. And then he becomes the king of the cruiserweights and he's the Hulk. <laughs> and someone has to uh, read him a lullaby in order to calm him down. <laughs> Yeah, he has to he has to get the cruiserweight title. That's the thing that calms him back down. He has to like stroke it lovingly. And then it calms him back down. <laughs> That's what I choose to believe. So then oh my god, that fits perfectly. Because then when he came out when Tozawa had the title, he had those bags under his eyes, he couldn't sleep. Cause he couldn't change back into normal Neville. <laughs> he stayed as the Hulk. It all fits. Oh my god. It all fucking fits. Dude, we just stumbled upon a lot of conspiracies. We found that. We've talked about Lance Catamaran as Vince McMahon. Oh, man. Where does it end? Uh, it ends now. Because <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs>